Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith. And I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. The series on the story of David and Goliath. It's a story that some of us in here have heard since you were a kid. Some of you have maybe never heard it before in your life. It's a very powerful story. And uh, it's, I believe it might encourage you. Uh, to face some of the giants that you face in your life. So let's go ahead and pray. God, I thank you that you are faithful. God, I thank you that, uh, God, every giant that we face, every mountain that we see, God, you've called us to, to shift our perspective and to not see through the filter of fear, but see through the filter of faith. God, I pray you guide my speech. Help me to speak your truth into people's hearts. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would move and touch us tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Everyone said? There we go. That's better. Amen. So Philistines versus the Israelites, there's a competition, not just a game of sport, not just for the sake uh, of boredom. There's a a competition on for livelihood, and and, and it's against Israelites. Israelites would be uh, known as God's people. And then we have the Philistines, which are known as the enemy, uh, or, or, or in such case that Goliath came from a giant that the Israelites were facing. And, and so they had a scenario, a situation, the culture was full of fear. The culture and society in their community, the Israelites, was full of fear because there was a risk about to take. There, there was a massive decision in their oversight, in their leadership. They had to make a decision which could either turn into a terrible fate or, or, or could end up in victory, and vict- they could become victorious, and life could continue on, on the way that it was going, from, from glory to glory, from better to better, not, not from better to worse. And so this was a massive time, maybe a bit like the world today. There's kind of rumors of wars. There's tension in the air. There's a lot of unknowns. And if we focus on all of those things, what can happen is we begin to experience the symptoms of that fear, and we begin to overthink and try to work everything out. And so this is the scenario we find ourselves in with the story of David and Goliath. And I'm going to pick up in the text here. So what's kind of happened is that David was the youngest of all of his brothers. And so all of his brothers got to be in the military or the army, and they were, that was a very honorable thing to get chosen for. If you were in the front line or, or you were chosen for the team, it was always something that was held in high esteem and, and something that people looked up to because these are the people that the victory depended on. If, if these, pe- these guys didn't step up to the plate, well, then it, it could result in all these children, these, these, these women, these families would become slaves of the enemy. And the freedom that they once knew and had would be lost. Life would, dramas- would dramatically change, drastically turn, fr- turn upside down. It, wasn't, it was a very fearful moment. And so here we have David uh, seeing all his brothers getting chosen. He was too young. He didn't seem to have the ability at that point in time. But David was cast nearly aside, it seemed, to the field. Just go look after something just like the sheep. It wasn't as important a job. It wasn't, it wasn't life or death. It was just go look after the sheep in the field where really nobody was. He was alone in the field. And 
Uh, and some of you right now, you might be in your own field. It might seem like there's nobody around or it's not like it used to be or, or maybe it might seem that nobody values you or, or, or your oversight or, or your family or, or the person at work. They don't see the potential that you have and you're just in a, just in a field by yourself, just in a small, maybe more insignificant role. It seems to you, it seems like there's something in you, but it can't get out because nobody sees what you see. No one feels what you feel. Uh, maybe you're in a scenario that doesn't seem fair, or some things have happened. You maybe made a mistake, and the consequences seem so much bigger than, than the mistake, and you're in a field by yourself. Hope is beginning to diminish and, and, and become smaller and smaller. Your excitement for life, your joy, your hope, it just doesn't seem like it's what you had hoped for. Maybe you had a dream, and instead of the dream moving forward with what you can see, it looks like it's actually look, moving backward. Maybe you're aiming for more followers, but there, the problem is there's no followers in a field. It seems like what you're hoping for is going backward. But I've got good news for you because sometimes God's way forward looks like it's backward. Actually, often faith in God and in His promises can only be understood backwards. Meaning you, you believe God for what He puts on your heart, but it's, you only realize that God has done it when you look back. Faith can only be understood in reverse. And so here we pick up, and David, they're, they're in the middle of this conflict. It's about to kick off. The atmosphere, there's tension in the air, and there's a great unknown. There's a great space. There's a field between the enemy and the Israelites, the Philistines. And, and so David arrives on the scene, and he's only supposed to bring food and to bring water and to provide for the people who are going to do the real fight, because he's only looking after the sheep. And so we pick up in, in 1 Samuel 17, and it says here, when Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men. So David came on the scene. He's probably curious, because there's something inside of him wants to get involved. He wishes he was there. He burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here, David? And with whom, did you, with whom did you leave those sheep in the wilderness? His, his kind of brother was talking down to him nearly. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You, you came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? So it, it tells me from that scenario right there, it tells me David's one of those probably potentially annoying younger brothers. He just won't shut up. He just keeps going on. He keeps pushing the boundaries. Don't look to your left or your right. Or text anyone. And he seems to push the boundaries all the time. He seems to get into trouble. He seems to have annoyed them by just always wanting to do what he maybe couldn't. He maybe was 10 and he wanted to be 15. He maybe was 20, but he wanted to be 30. Maybe you're in here and now you're going the other way. You're 50 and you want to be 40. Or you're 40 and you want to be 30. Or maybe you have 10 grand a year job and you want 15 grand. Or maybe you have a 25 grand a year job and you want 30. See, we always want more. 
We find it hard sometimes to be content right where we are. We find it hard sometimes to believe that God maybe has given you everything that you need right now, right here, to do what he has called you to do, to prepare you for what he's called you, where he's called you to go. And so here, here we have David in a situation where he's getting pushed back. He, he feels limited. He feels like he's got more in him. He feels like he should be involved in the fight, but he's not. And so he then turned away to somebody else and brought up the same matter. He couldn't stop. He just had to keep. He was so curious. He wanted to find out what was going on. There was something in him that had to get out. And the man answered him before. And what David said was overheard and reported to Saul. And Saul sent for him, and David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on the account of this Philistine. There was something in David that had to come out. You're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. You see, you see, David didn't go through the normal system of training. David didn't go through the normal way of life to lead to the promise in which he felt he had on the inside, and he knew it. God had brought him a different way, nearly the way God brought Jesus to the earth. He didn't bring Jesus to earth the traditional way. He didn't come on a chariot and with red carpet. He came through what seemed like sin. There was a baby before marriage. It seemed like sin. And so you serve... It went on to say, I, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it, seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Phil Philistine will be like just one of them, because he has defiled the armies of the living God, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion. And the paw of the burr will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Go and the Lord be with you. I remember I was training, over, um, training to get ready for, for ministry and I really felt there was something. I was frustrated. I, I was frustrated because I, I really heard this message of Jesus and, and new life and life from death to life, and, and it was, it's a massive message. It's about eternity. It's bigger than just this earth. It's bigger than any person in this room. This is a big deal. God Almighty. And so I would be experienced in church, and I just really felt, for me personally, the people that I wanted to invite, my friends, the people I hung out with, I just couldn't really, I didn't, wasn't convinced myself with what I was seeing, experiencing, hearing. I just didn't think it would connect the dots for them. And I began to get this like holy irritation, as we've heard. A frustration began to rise up on the inside of me where I began to look elsewhere of what's, there's something not right. And that drove me to learn to the point where I find myself in a, in a, in a church in the States, in Florida, tr learning and, and trying to grow and trying to train so that the promise that God, I believe, had put inside of me could come to pass. 
But, but a part of that train, I, I flew 5,000 miles away. I just finished my degree as a teacher and kind of sacrificed all of that. Arrived as this foreign kind of guy on the scene and kind of talking. And I thought people were enjoying my company because they were smiling. These Americans were smiling. And I thought they were enjoying my jokes. And then a week later, they announced that, Phil, I just want to let you know that we haven't understood a thing you've said. <laughs> And I was like, so then I developed a dodgy twang, a green McDowell twang. But anyhow, I was about three months in to the, to the internship in the leadership college and studying and all that. And I had an idea of going to a leadership college for a church. I thought, it's going to be amazing prayer, uh, worship events. It's going to be amazing encounters with God. And there's go I'm going to learn so much in the scripture. And you know, I, I did have some of those, yep. I did, I did learn more about the Bible, but three months in, I was outside wheeling a, a basketball net for the youth, and the temperature was about 40 degrees, and the humidity was sky high, and I was just rolling back, rolling this big old uh, basketball net out the front of the church, and, and I was sweating uh, with my clothes on, and it was just, I was just dripping. It wasn't, it wasn't enjoyable at all. And I had a moment where I questioned, why am I here? I've paid good money for a flight. I've paid good money to do this course. And, and I, these guys are taking advantage of me. I'm a slave in the church. Not, not, no one in here has ever felt that, right? <laughs> if you do, let me help you out. And so I'm, I'm rolling this, this basketball net, and I really felt called to go here, but I'm in a moment of discouragement, and I'm thinking, this is like a field. Does anyone even see me doing this? Do you not understand where I've came? I've came the whole way from Northern Ireland slash Ireland, as they would say. And I'm just sweating here, paying to sweat and give you free labor? Come on. Someone needs to report this to the paper. And I had a moment where God, I felt God spoke to, spoke to me and reminded me, remember, Phil, I called you. And I, I literally had, had a moment where I literally just said, God, I know you called me. I know it was you. I don't understand what this looks like. It doesn't look as I expected. It didn't, doesn't feel as I thought it would feel. Because I dreamt all these lovely, peaceful feelings and full of joy. And, and it, it was as if my flesh was dying, which it was. And I surrendered in that moment and said, listen, God, just do what you've got to do. I don't know what you're doing, but just do what you've got to do. I believe you're in this. And at that exact moment, all of a sudden, doors began to swing open as I humbled myself. All of a sudden, I started to become, I, I gained favor just out of nowhere. I didn't earn it. I, I didn't do anything. It, it was as if overnight something shifted and doors began to swing open. And, and, and actually, I remember, we used to, it was a church, a mega church, so there was 10,000 people there, and we had to make these seat drops, 10,000 of them, every weekend, and that's what the guess who had to do that the interns. And so we're sitting there doing this big production line and just filling all the little packs and, and, and all of a sudden they'd be like, hey Phil, and I, so I would get pulled out of that room. Now you understand, guess what all the, all the interns were thinking right, right at that moment when I got off with the, the task that they hated? They were raging. There was jealousy all over the shop. And, and, and all of a sudden, I started finding myself within weeks hosting people like some of you might know Christine Kane, Priscilla Shires, all these different, uh, for some of the conferences that we were hosting. I'm driving them around 
Um, and I'm like, what just happened from a, from, from a basketball goal to gaining all kinds of crazy training and experience overnight? And so, it was something to do with surrender. It was something to do with being separated from what I thought I needed. There was something that shifted in what I felt was like a field of separation. And so the first point I want to make is separation in a field became the preparation for the foe. What happened with David was you would have thought, hey, God had this plan for David to be the anointed king, but also to be uh, the person who would defeat the giant. They would change a nation, not just a few people in his family's life, not just a few people in the town, a nation. Thousands of people. God chose not just, he didn't choose weaponry. He didn't choose some kind of instrument that would just pierce the Goliath in a moment with ease. He didn't choose a shortcut. He didn't choose some kind of special sword. He chose a field. <laughs> what? God chose a field for the foe. A foe is another word for enemy. See, some of you right now, you're in a position where you feel separated or maybe have been separated from some people, maybe from some finances, maybe from some confidence. Maybe, maybe you, you, you failed in some areas and it feels like you've been sidelined in life. But maybe what if the field is exactly what you need to defeat your biggest fear. That God has actually designed it that, that in the field you find the solution to defeating your foe. And what's this? It wasn't just a foe. It's not just your foe. It wasn't just David's foe. It was the nation's foe. The nation's enemy. What if God is, is building a solution, training you and equipping you in a field not just for you, but for others. You see, our vision isn't just to make a difference in our own life, or our vision is actually to make a difference in other people's lives. Can I get an amen? Now, the problem with separation is separation often feels like subtraction. I was, uh, this week as we're going through prayer and fasting, and we talked about how prayer connects us to God and fasting is disconnecting from usual tasks or the world or things that we have so that we can create space for God. And I was, um, I just had a head, I just had it in my head that my, my house was just, I had too many wardrobes full of clothes that I never wore. And I just thought it's time, I'm sick of, of just not liking that bit of clothing that's hanging up. And I'm not really that into it if I'm honest, but I was just, I was under pressure from a few friends, you know. So Phil, you gotta pick your pick your fashion sense up. It's 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 been slacking a wee bit, you know, you gotta start moving up wee knots there. And and I start I started looking at, at, at my wardrobe and, and I started to realize that I don't I'm probably never gonna wear that again, but you always think, what if I wear it once? And so I started pulling everything out and I had to get ruthless with it. I had to say, right, be honest, how often have you wore this in the last five years? And so I started plucking them out and I ended up with six or seven full bin bags worth of clothes which my mom will probably bring to a car boot sale and make some money. And so as I done that, I started to realize, whoa, whoa, whoa. I started to get more ruthless as time went on, but it started to help me understand as I went through all of this old clothing, 
I started to find these gems that I, I just didn't wear because I couldn't find them. I actually would wear them, so I kept them and put the 90% to the side. See, there's some things in your life right now, the fast is really all about decluttering your life, decluttering your soul, decluttering your emotions. Some of you have been worrying so much about so many different things. There's too much going on in your mind. There's too much going on in your emotions. And sometimes we've got to simplify. Sometimes you've got to get your head out of Facebook, out of Instagram, out of what people think, so that you can start to think clearly again. And you've got to put it all in that, those bags. Hey, I, I don't even need, that's an unhealthy relationship for me. That's an unhealthy, it's nearly borderline addiction for me on, when I'm online and I'm looking at my phone constantly. I've got to start throwing that out for a season. I've got to actually disconnect from that. I've got to put my phone in a different room at night because it's keeping me up. I'm, I'm going to bed late and then I'm wrecked in the morning and I'm not at my best. And my, my, when I'm tired, then I overthink. And when I overthink, it stresses me out. You see, see, what happens when we overthink is when, when you overthink, you begin to worry. And when you worry, it's filling up your mind. There's no leftover for anyone else. You're consumed with worry. When you're filled with fear, you're consumed with fear. That means you're full with fear. There's no more room in your wardrobe for anything new to enter. There's no more room in your life. That's, this is the power of putting God first. Because when you, when you fill yourself with God first, when you satisfy yourself with God first, then all of a sudden it defines your decisions from that point on. When you start the day with God first, then all of a sudden your filter is who you are. Your identity is who you are in God, not in who you're trying to be to the world. And, and so this is what I love about David. When David was in the field, guess whose voices weren't there? People's. Guess who didn't have to worry about impressing with his fashion sense? People. Sheep don't care. <laughs> Come on, farmers, can you get an amen? That's why you can roll up in whatever. You can smell however. The sheep don't care. He didn't have to worry. He had a season out. God prepared him by, by, by silencing the voice of man. I, I remember I was... I'd actually played football before I went and trained in the States for two years, and I played, was playing with Portadown recently, and I came in to the team when I was about 16. Coming in, you know, from under 15s to playing senior football over, within a year, there's a massive change with culture in the changing room. There's a massive change with pressure. And as I came in, and all of a sudden, it's not just kind of, go and enjoy it. It's more like, hey, if you don't enjoy it, the manager's going to go wild. There'll be bins flying all over the shop. They'll be effing and blinding. It's absolutely, it's fear factor. It's, it, you, better get, you better perform well. And what I found actually happening was that fear, that culture started, because I didn't have a good foundation and maybe self-belief, I started to get scared of playing. And the joy started to empty. I was filled with worry of making a simple pass that I could do with my eyes closed all of a sudden became harder. And I then had that year out when I was about 21, 22, and I went, two years out, sorry, went to the States and something happened when I came back. Because I came back into this, on the same field, into the same changing room, and all of a sudden I had a new confidence. 
I had a new strength. I no longer felt like I could be rocked by a, a manager or a coach. I no longer felt the fear. It's, it was as if I was formed in a field elsewhere. I had to disconnect for a season away from, from what I probably wasn't ready for, a different fi a fight that I wasn't ready for. I, I disconnected and actually I formed in a field. And I came back to the same fight, to the same enemy lines. And I, was a, I probably played the best football I played afterwards. Because something happened in the field. Something happened in the field. So number two, it's the field that gives us the opportunity to form. It's the field that gives us the opportunity to form. And then number three is the, is the band coming head on back up. Oh, I love my new clock at the back. I'm keeping it tight, 30 minutes. I tell other people to stay 30 minutes, but I struggle myself. And number three, in the field we find our fight. It's in the field, a few years ago I had a, had a situation where, where I was separated from some friends, separated from some people, some things died in my life, some dreams died, and, and, and it, it hurt. It was painful, it was deep pain. It was pain like I'd never experienced before. But I would say this, the depth of the pain also equaled the depth of my intimacy with God. Because you see, when you're in a field and there's nobody around, when you're in a field and there's nothing else to do apart from feeling rejection, fear, and all you have is the Word of God and what He says, all of a sudden the Word of God becomes, becomes greater. The Word of God has a bigger influence on your life. It begins to grow and, and become a part of who you are. Actually, it, didn't, it wouldn't have been a scenario I ever chose or asked for or prayed for, but I ended up there. But I'll tell you what, it's in the field that God formed me. It's in the, in the field that God taught me intimacy. It's in the field that God prepared me for greater glass, for greater fear that I have to face. It's in the field that God began to speak and confirm and talk to me about resurrection power. You see, you can't resurrect a dream unless it dies first. And so, so actually part of me started to believe maybe it had to happen. Maybe Jesus did have to die in order to rise again so that we could have new life and for our sins to be forgiven. Maybe it had to happen. Maybe you're in a scenario right now and it wouldn't be how you expected. It wasn't what you prayed for. It doesn't feel how you expected it to feel. But maybe God's purposes are beyond your mistakes. Maybe God's purposes are bigger than your failures. Maybe God's purposes aren't determined by other people's mess-ups and, and other people's betrayals in your life. Maybe God's purpose is a lot to do with your preparation. When it seems like all is lost, maybe that's a setup, more so than a setback. And as I look to the story of David, he didn't go the traditional route. He didn't go the normal way of, 
of training. He didn't go to the college or the university that everyone else was going to to get to that position or to that job. But watch, he came out with a, a weapon, a sling, a sling with stones. And when you put that stone in the sling, it's actually said to be as powerful as a .45 caliber handgun. <laughs> oh my word, it's a different story now. It's a whole different ball game now. The field isn't what I thought it would be, it's actually better. It's actually prepared you more so that when you come back to, to the enemy lines, to, to the Goliath in front of you, you don't see, you don't see fear. You see, you see the, the Israelites said, Goliath's too big to defeat. But David actually thought, no, Goliath's too big to miss. Are Goliath too big to miss? You see, that's what happens when you get into the field with faith. Faith begins to give you a different sight. You, don't, you no longer see a problem. You see an opportunity. You, know, you no longer see a failure. You see your future. You, know, you no longer see an end. You see a beginning. You no longer see a breakdown, you see a breakthrough. You see in the field, when you bring faith into the field, it's the perfect grounds for the promise of God to succeed. It's the perfect grounds for God to prepare you for more influence, for more promotion. It's the perfect influence for God to show you who He truly is. You see, David was deadly. He didn't come, listen, this is where we can get it wrong. We can look at David and think it's just per wee David. He didn't have much to offer. It must have been a miracle. Listen, God, God works through systems too. He came with a .45 device, a .45 caliber gun. He was equipped. He didn't come weak. He came strong. He didn't come with nothing to offer. He came with, with, with more, more power than the army had itself. When Saul took the risk on David, it really wasn't as big a risk as maybe what we thought it was. Because David was a deadly, a deadly warrior. It wasn't as if it was just like, hey, let's put someone on the stage and just hope for the best for them to preach a good message without training. David was, was killing bears and lions. They're, they're more powerful in a battle than Goliath was. God had prepared him for the fight. And God wants to prepare you for your fight. He wants to tighten your grip on him and loosen your grip on the world. He wants you I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church podcast.